Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is intended for entertainment and opinion. Nothing discussed is meant to be a substitute for mental health treatment. If you are experiencing a mental health crisis, please call 988 or use the resources listed in the episode description. To see the sources and other resources mentioned in this episode, you can visit psychologicallymindedpod.com. To contact me with any questions or comments about this topic or upcoming topics, email me at psychmindedpod at gmail.com. And finally, please rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes as they post. Enjoy this episode! Hello and welcome to Psychologically Minded. I'm your host, Grace Fowler, and today we are talking about the tip of the tongue phenomenon. I just want to say thank you to everyone for bearing with me over the last few weeks. I know my upload schedule has been a little hit or miss, um, but I'm coming back at it and hoping to really hit the ground running before the next year to keep making these episodes because it's something that I really love to do, but sometimes life gets crazy and (laughs) things happen and sitting down to be able to talk with my lovely audience is not always able to be prioritized. So um, yeah, I'll just leave it at that and say again, thank you for bearing with me as things go up and down. I will now be releasing episodes on either Monday or Tuesday. So I used to drop them on Friday. They'll come out at the beginning of the week now. So you'll have that much more of an opportunity to listen to the episode before the weekend. So that's the end of my little update, let's jump into the meat of this episode. So this is a mini-sode on the cognitive bias, uh, the tip of the tongue phenomenon. Now, if you've never heard of this before, you have definitely experienced it. Tip of the tongue is when you feel like you know the word for something and you feel like it's just there, just at the tip of your tongue. You have like most of the word, but you just don't have all of it right there to recall from your memory. So this is not just something that happens to us. This is actually a phenomenon that people have done research on. The first person to identify this phenomenon in the literature was William James, who if you have taken intro to psych or a psych 101 class, you may remember William James as being one of the fathers of like modern psychology. And he was the first to describe the phenomenon 
of tip of the tongue, although he didn't call it that specifically. So this is a quote from something he wrote in 1893. It says, suppose we try to recall a forgotten name. The state of our consciousness is peculiar. There is a gap therein, but no mere gap. It is a gap that is intensely active. A sort of wraith of the name is in it, beckoning us in a given direction, making us at moments tingle with the sense of our closeness, and then letting us sink back without the longed-for term. If wrong names are proposed to us, the singularly definite gap acts immediately so as to negate them. They do not fit into its mold. And the gap of one word does not feel like the gap of another, all empty of content as both might seem necessarily to be when described as gaps. Sometimes I'm glad that we don't write like this anymore because that is that is a lot to describe the tip of the tongue phenomenon, but other times I think, wow, wouldn't it be fun to read journal articles written in this like poetic poetic language about wraiths and negating gaps. But basically what he's describing is this like, this phenomenon of there is uh there's a word that we want to be able to say and you know what are the wrong words. Like if someone's if you're saying, "Oh, what's the word for blank?" and someone suggests the wrong word, then we know, no, it's definitely not that word, but we still can't think of the right one. And that every time you experience this phenomenon, it's not exactly the same. Um so William James really I think, described that to the best of his ability in the 1890s. So that was the first time that was described in any type of psychological literature. Some of the first research that was done on the tip of the tongue phenomenon was done by Roger Brown and David McNeil, who uh, worked out of Harvard. And they first wrote about just observing their own experiences with tip of the tongues. And they found that when they observed each other or their own experiences, that when you were going through a tip of the tongue episode, if you will, and guessing words, the words that they guessed were often two syllables or the same amount of syllables as the word that they couldn't remember, started with the same letters as the word they couldn't remember, and had the same kind of stresses on the syllables as the correct word. So if you're, you know, guessing or you're trying to guess a word that has two syllables, emphasis on the first syllable, all the ones that they would generate, even though they were wrong, were two-syllable words with the emphasis on the first syllable. They then, after observing their own experiences with tip of the tongue, they did an experiment with college students where they read these definitions of rare words to the students, then asked them to come up with the word to match. So they would read this definition and be like, you know, this is a word that means blah, 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 and then the students were supposed to come up with the word. Later, the experiment would read out the target words for the definitions and ask the students if they experienced tip of the tongue. So they were read the definitions, asked to guess them, and then read what were the correct words and asked if they experienced this, like, I knew the word, but I didn't quite know what experience. After running the experiment, they found three types of what they called tip of the tongue states. The first state was where the student recognized the word read later by the experimenter as the one they wanted. So they were when they were read the definition, they were guessing the word, and then when they heard the list of words, they were like, ah, yes, that's the word that I was thinking of. The th second stage was they were able to guess the word before the experimenter read the list of words. So right after hearing the definition, they were able to correctly recall the word. And then the third state 
which was the student recalled the word that they were looking for before it was read, but it was a wrong word that they recalled. So when they heard the definition, they confidently said the wrong word. So there's kind of this idea that there's like, we got the word right, we got the word wrong, and then tip of the tongue lives in the middle where we can't quite come up with the right word, but we recognize it when it's read to us. From their research, Brown and McNeil also identified that during tip of the tongue phenomenon, people can identify the first letter of the intended word. So if you're trying to guess the word balloon, you're going to be guessing words that start with B. They, uh, as well as the same number of syllables, so like they observed in themselves, words that sound similar, words that mean similar things, words that have the same syllable pattern, and the order of certain letters in the word. So knowing that like the word ends with ing and, and the ing is going to be all in the same order in the words that they're guessing. So if you're trying to think of the word balloon, you're likely to guess other B words. You're likely to guess words that have like the O-O sound in them, like balloon. You're likely to guess words that have the same stress on the silver, syllable, so balloon. Guessing, You'll guess words that have like that back end syllable um, and words that mean similar things. So you're more likely to guess... I don't know what else, what other types of words there are for balloon, but you're you're gonna be guessing like in that um, that range. Um, and they were, and the the statistical analysis that Rock, that Brown and McNeil did said that people were more likely to guess these kind of characteristics of the words than if they were just randomly guessing words. So there is something to it that our brain is able to recall something. It's just not exactly what we're trying to recall in the moment. Essentially, Brown and McNeil proved that tip of the tongue is a real state, and it has to do with issues related to what is called generic recall. Generic recall means that when our brain stores information, like words that we're learning, it cuts corners to be more efficient. So it might group words in certain ways, it might only store information such as the first and last letters, so in balloon, it would remember the B and the O-O-N, but it n might not store all the other letters in between. Um, and this can lead to confusion because our brain has cut so many corners to help us be efficient that sometimes things overlap and they become a little too related or mixed up in the brain. So when you're trying to remember one word, all the other things that your brain has grouped together to make it quicker and easier for you to learn are going to come up as well. So next time you have tip of the tongue phenomenon or you feel yourself saying, it's just on the tip of my tongue, you have your efficient brain to thank for that phenomenon. Now, an interesting thing that I learned about tip of the tongue is that it is a universal experience. Men and women appear to experience tip of the tongue at the same rate, and it also appears to occur at all age levels. So everyone from kids just learning language all the way up to elderly people all experience tip of the tongue. It also occurs across different types of languages and across how many languages you understand. So tip of the tongue occurs whether you're monolingual, so you only speak one language, bilingual, you speak two languages, or multilingual, speaking more than one. Um, so tip of the tongue can happen in, in basically any language. It also can happen in American Sign Language, and it's referred to as tip of the finger. And interestingly, a lot of cultures and languages have some sort of word or phrase to describe 
tip of the tongue. So in English, obviously we use tip of the tongue, but other languages have something that are very similar, which is further evidence that it's universal. There's a reason that we've had to describe it in multiple different languages because people experience it across cultures and across languages. What are some things that can make tip of the tongue worse? Well, interestingly enough, some benzodiazepines can make you more likely to experience tip of the tongue, specifically a benzodiazepine called lorazepam, commonly referred to as Ativan. This is a benzodiazepine that is prescribed for anxiety, insomnia, and seizures. People who are taking Ativan may not feel like they're having tip of the tongue, but when they are in research studies where they have to identify words, um, they will experience tip of the tongue retroactively when they're told that they made the wrong word choice. So there's something to this specific medication that may interact with the brain's recall ability on a more like subconscious level. So it's interfering, but people who are on this medication may not be aware of it until it's pointed out to them. So that's one thing that can make you more likely to experience tip of the tongue. Caffeine is an interesting one because caffeine can make us slightly better at avoiding tip of the tongue. So in research studies, people who had had caffeine had less instances of the phenomenon than those who had not had caffeine. But caffeine can impair our short-term recall of words that are unrelated to each other. So tip of the tongue, because it's about generic recall, is about words that are related, right? Words that start with the same letter, mean the same thing, have the same syllable breakdown. So caffeine doesn't seem to impact our tip of the tongue as much, but it can impair our ability to recall words that are unrelated. So if you're trying to think of something and for some reason you've got the the wires crossed and you're caffeinated, um, you're going to have some trouble recalling the, the words that you're trying to figure out. And lastly, age can make tip of the tongue phenomenon more frequent, and we tend to have them more often as we get older. This is most likely due to the way that our memory starts to change as we get older. We start to shift from certain types of memory um, being at the forefront, uh, and we shift into more things like declarative or episodic memory being the primary memory that memories that we link to when we're older. However, tip of the tongue phenomenon is not linked to dementia, so it it in itself is not an inherent sign of dementia. And I bring that up because I have experienced in the the world, (laughs) the community, that when older people or, you know, people in their 50s and up start to experience things like tip of the tongue or find themselves having trouble remembering a word in this same type of way, and they notice that they're doing it more often, often they'll say things like, oh my gosh, I hope I'm not, you know, losing my memory. I hope I'm not getting something like dementia. And because our understanding of dementia is not great, (laughs) particularly in like, you know, the day-to-day world, there's this idea of like any impairment to my memory means that I'm developing this, particularly after a certain age. So tip of the tongues being more frequent if that's the only thing that's going on with your memory is not itself a sign of dementia. So hopefully that can allay some fears. Now, however, if you are concerned about your memory or concerned about things happening, it's always, always, always recommended by myself and other professionals to go 
see your healthcare professional and, and get it checked out. But tip of the tongues being more frequent itself is not a sign of something like dementia. It's actually very normal that we start to have more tip of the tongue as we get older because our silly little brains like to make silly little changes as we get older. And that's about all that I have about the tip of the tongue phenomenon. I thought it was so interesting that it's something we've been aware of in the field of psychology since like the 1890s and that there are people who have done like real empirical research on it because it just seems to be such a colloquial thing. Like, oh, it's it's on the tip of my tongue, Um, but it's real. It's out there and it has to do with the way that our, our brain tries to help us out by being efficient. So if you're trying to reduce your instances of tip of the tongue, I guess stay young and drink caffeine. (laughs) But otherwise, it's not a harmful thing. It's just something that happens because of the way our brains work. And our brains are designed to be helpful to us and to be as efficient as possible so that we can survive and get through our days. Um, So with that, that brings us to the end of the episode. As always, thank you for listening all the way through, and I will see you in the next one. Bye-bye.